for favor This is my season To reap what I have sown This is my season Welcome, Whiteman Warriors, to Practicing the Pillars podcast, where every airman is a leader. When you lead yourself first, others will line up to follow. I'm Chaplain Captain Bill Petrie, here with our Will, excuse me, Wing Resiliency <laughs> Coordinator, Tech Sergeant Kimberly Desaloose, and a very special guest, the 509th Medical Group Commander, Colonel Crystal Henderson. Colonel Henderson, thank you so much for being with us again today. Yes. Thank you for having me. Awesome. We yes. certainly appreciate your time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You have an incredible story, and I have had a chance to hear that story, and I'm so thankful that you're willing to tell that story to our white men warriors here. Yeah, it's a, uh, I guess I could say it's um, surprising, you know, when people ask me uh, to tell a story, um, I don't think about it a lot in regards to um, that I've overcome so much. Um, I think as I mentioned previously that a lot of times I'm like, well, it's not as, you know, difficult or doesn't seem, uh, I guess, worthy of telling because it's not a, you know, it's not a tragedy. It's not a tragic situation and so um it never used to even cross my mind that it was you know a testimony to share with others because it just felt like it was you know something that I had to do needed to do and you know I'm very pragmatic about things so you know it is what it is what's the issue what's the problem let's keep it going let's keep it moving but um, as I sat back and kind of reflected on things some years ago, um, there is a story there. there. There is, you know, a message there. And, and I had to come to the realization that it doesn't have to be uh, the absolute worst case scenario for there to be some value and meaning in uh, sharing uh, the things that you've gone through and stuff. So, so thank you for giving me the opportunity to sit down with you all. Absolutely. <laughs> And for those of you who don't know, Colonel Henderson is a medical doctor, and uh, she has gone through just an incredible journey um, to not just become an MD, but to become a, a colonel in the Air Force, had to overcome many different obstacles, and though she may not think that, that they're as worthy as, as, as the, you know, the, the grand broken lives that you hear about. Certainly there's so much in your life that you have had to overcome mm -hmm. and, and, and that is worth telling. So you, you wrote an article mm -hmm. uh, for, for a, is it a medical journal? Is that what well, it no, it was uh, actually, so, you know, we just had Juneteenth uh, two weeks ago now. It was for the emancipation celebration of my hometown. Now, we celebrate in August um, for several reasons uh, versus June the 19th because the news hit the Kentucky-Tennessee area uh, sooner. And um, the um, Andrew Johnson freed his slaves in, in uh, Tennessee on the 8th of August. And so... 
for West Tennessee and West Kentucky, we celebrate Emancipation Day on the 8th of August. Um, we get a double because we can celebrate on June 19th as well. Um, that is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so it was for that uh, celebration back in 2008. Um, I don't remember what the every year is a different theme and I don't remember what the theme was that year, but they had asked me to write um, and uh, an article or a letter uh, to be put to put in the commemorative uh, souvenir journal. And so I did. And um, it kind of summarized where I'd been and how I got to where I was at that point in time. Yes, ma'am. So would you share that with us? I would. So it's dated uh, 7 July 2008, and it's a letter that I wrote, and it's, uh, Dear Young Black Women of Paducah, I have known since the age of eight that I wanted to be a doctor. I love school, problem solving, math, science, helping others, the thought of being my own boss, and the thought of being financially secure. From that point forward, I plotted the course of my education with the focus of doing everything that I needed to do in order to go to medical school. I made straight A's, was placed in advanced classes, and was the recipient of multiple academic awards. I was actively involved in church, extracurricular activities, Girl Scouts, uh, but contrary to how it sounds, it wasn't always happy times. As much as I loved learning and being in my classes, I actually hated high school. Those were actually four of the worst years of my life. I attended a small, predominantly white high school where I was bullied daily for years. My crime was being light-skinned, middle-class, and in honors classes. The worst part of it all was that my bullies were other blacks who lived in my neighborhood. I learned early in my life what was meant by the crabs-in-a-bucket syndrome. I must say that there that were it not for my faith, a strong sense of self, and my strong desire to succeed in life, I might have allowed myself to be pulled down into the bucket. As it was, despite being focused on my future, I still succumbed to peer pressure in one area, having sex at a young age. I was still a teenager thinking as teenagers think. Nothing will ever happen to me. In the spring of my senior year in high school, I noticed that my clothes didn't fit anymore, and after four months of denial, I finally took a test that confirmed my fears. I was four months pregnant. People were quick to tell me how I had ruined my life. I would never be a doctor. I was a disappointment. I would not be able to go to college, etc. But I refused to buy into that nonsense. I kept my faith in a positive attitude. My baby only gave me more incentive to succeed because now there were two lives dependent on my success. Instead of wallowing in self-pity, I prayed and realized that he wouldn't put anything on me that I couldn't handle. I refused to buy into the mindset that I had to get married simply because I was pregnant. So I went to the health department and the women's infants and children office to procure prenatal care and nutritional assistance. I graduated on time as the salutatorian of Heath High School on 23 May 1989 with a four-year scholarship to Howard University. I delayed my entry into college by a semester to allow for the birth of my baby and convalescence time. After my son was born in September of 1989, my child care plans for college fell through, so I contacted Howard and instructed them to give my scholarship to someone who would be able to utilize it. After experiencing situations where things were offered but with strings attached, I made a promise to myself that I would never place myself in a situation where I was dependent upon someone else. 
I decided to use the system the way that it was intended to be used. I applied for aid to families with dependent children, AFDC, or welfare. I applied for food stamps, Medicaid, and funds to cover daycare expenses while I, excuse me, while I attended Paducah Community College and then the University of Louisville. Go Cards! <laughs> I also worked part-time, received educational grants, and student loans. I briefly received child support payments, but when the payment stopped, I chose not to pursue the issue. I received my bachelor's degree in biology from University of Louisville and received a four-year scholarship to the UofL School of Medicine, both in 1994. I was also married in 1994, and because of that, we were no longer eligible for state assistance, so we relied upon student loans and my husband's income. During my third year of medical school, I took off four months for the birth of my daughter. My husband and I divorced in 1998, the same year that I finished medical school. Realizing that I would not be able to afford childcare expenses as well as some of the basic cost of living expenses as a single parent of two children, I accepted a commission as a captain in the United States Air Force prior to beginning my three-year residency program in 1998. I completed my residency on 30 June 2001 and entered active duty service in the Air Force on 4 September 2001. Though I have been on active duty um, in the U.S. for only seven years at the time this was written, I have progressed in rank to major, will be promoted to lieutenant colonel within the next two years, and was handpicked to serve as a chief of the medical staff when there were others of higher rank available for the position. I've said all of this to let you know what doesn't kill you will only make you stronger. Everything in life is relative. There's always someone else that's worse off than you. Being a teenage mother was not the end of the world for me, and unexpected life events will not be the end of the world for you either. Realize your potential. Utilize all the resources that he makes available. Stay grounded in your faith, and you too will succeed. Sincerely, Major Crystal Dilworth Henderson, M.D., a young black woman of Paducah. Well said. Wow. To yep. me, that, um, you know, I feel like that is a story about perseverance. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that, and it's very relatable, too, because mm -hmm. we all go through situations where we feel like we don't have a testimony or, like, what we go through is not worthy of being right. talked about. But you, um, you have all these series of events that occurred, and you persevered. Yeah, it, um... It can be difficult at times, but um, I try not to let things bother me too much. Um, I, I'm a problem solver by nature. That's one of my favorite things was, you know, uh, puzzles and, you know, word search. Can, and you, can you solve a Rubik's Cube? And I was never able to do that. I could get <laughs> like two, two sides, um, maybe the third, but I could never get never that. Never get that fourth I, one. I could, I could never get it. I could never get it. Um, and so, um, you know, of course you could do it if you did it the wrong way, but, mm. but yeah, YouTube, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, I, I never could get that, but I do love the process of trying to think through different things. And so, um, but being a problem solver and a checklist person, you know, just, all right, what's the issue? What, where do I want to be now? How do I get there? and stuff and and that's pretty much how I've approached things throughout my life um you know I don't spend a lot of time um being bothered by it mm -hmm. um because I I have found that to be counterproductive um and so again I, I but I do allow myself 
Oh, I allow myself, mm-hmm. you know, to have my moment. But then when it's done, it's done. And then, okay, now what do I need to do next to, you know, get through it, get past it, get over it, um, and get on to the next thing? Absolutely. You said um, you said you knew you wanted to be a doctor since you were seven years old, mm-hmm. right? Is that what you said? Seven? Eight. Seven, eight. eight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Se- second grade, basically. Second grade, okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's just so much to know at, like, at that age to have that plan. And you said you're a checklist person. You've got all these, li- like, these plans and these goals. And then... Mm-hmm continuing it through every obstacle and adversity that you faced. Yes. So I I know that we can drill down into so many different areas Mm -hmm. and sections of your life. And um, it's an amazing story. I've I've enjoyed hearing a lot of it. But I think for for those that are listening, one of the things that they perhaps might want to hear is how you overcame that voice of the masses that would say that your life is over for a career mm-hmm. you're going to be uh you know a, a mom and have no life after childbirth and you're, you're essentially stuck in your hometown you're mm-hmm. stuck at home you're you're going to amount to nothing but 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 doing odd jobs mm-hmm. for a living how how did you hear those things and oh yeah Yes. Um, and the sad thing is, um, when you hear it from the people who should have been support, supporting you the most, mm. you know, when you hear it from some family members, when you hear it from uh, your quote unquote friends uh, or their parents, um, when you hear it from the church mothers, you know, the deacons, the deaconesses and mm. stuff. You know, I don't know if people really understand the power of words and the damage that you can inflict upon someone um, just by your words. Never have to physically harm anybody, but you can do a significant amount of lifelong damage to someone just by the the words that flow out of your mouth. You know that the the tongue can be vicious. Oh yes, and whether it is. Um, intentional or uh, petty or you know out of ignorance whatever the case may be uh, especially when you're dealing with um, young people who are in that impressionable stage in that formative time frame where if they don't know any better um, they believe it Mm. and they buy into it and it just creates this cycle uh, that is very hard to break out of. Um, thankfully, I my, my my family is big on education, uh, so that was always a huge focus. Um, and also, um, basically, not not putting a lot of stock into how others view you, mm-hmm. um, how you view yourself is much more important than how others view you. Um, So that was something that was impressed upon us early in life. Uh, But again, also education. Education being, um, it's something that no one can take away from you. Mm -hmm. You know, you can take a whole lot away um, from people, um, but you can't take away what's in my mind. And, And education is the key to success 
Um, and so that too was impressed upon us from early on. So I already had that, you know, like again, knowing what I wanted to do and, and moving towards it. But the other thing, um, I didn't know it at the time, um, but I've realized that as I've gotten older, I have a fairly keen sense of discernment. And so I see and hear uh, things that aren't necessarily, necessarily actually truly made visible or actually said. You know, I, I, I hear more of what people don't say um, than sometimes what they do say. Um, but I could see the the problems of what happens if you're in a small town and if you don't do something different, what your life looks like um, down the road. Um, and, and, there, and I knew early in my life I needed to get out of my hometown. Mm-hmm. There was just too much small town thinking and behaviors going on uh, that was very, it was negative, just very, very negative. And it wasn't a, a vibe that I wanted to stay with. Uh, because it, you know, it just kind of gets in your spirit, mm-hmm. and I didn't want that. So I'd already, I already had that in my mind. I am soon as, soon as, soon as I graduate, I'm out this joint. Uh, yeah, peace, two fingers, deuces, I'm gone. <laughs> so I already had that going, and so, um, and whenever I found out I was pregnant, and um, and because I already had my scholarships lined up already had you know the plans where I was going to go what I was going to do so when that happened it was just a matter of okay I got to rethink because I'm not I'm not I'm not staying here long term I still got I still got to get out I still got to get out so how do I do that so that was the biggest thing and then when those naysayers um the more they tell I'm the kind of person the more you tell me what I can't do the more I want to do it the more I'm going (laughs) not want it the more I'm going to do it you know, I am going to prove you wrong. And I'm not going to sit and tell you that I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to show you, but I'm not going to tell you. Because I don't have time to be sitting and talk to you anyway. Because what you're saying to me, it has no value to me. But okay, you can keep on telling me you're not going to be anything. You're never going to be this. And you're never going to do that. And you're never, okay, all right then. Just added fuel to your fire. It did. Absolutely. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And <laughs> as petty as I can be uh, when I want to be, uh, the one thing that I have not done is gone back. I mean, I go back, you know, because I still have family there and stuff. So I go back, you know, for the 8th of August celebration. Um, military has kept me from being able to do that for a few years and stuff but you know I go back for that I still have family there so you know we slide in slide out mm-hmm. you know just go see family and don't really do a whole bunch every once in a while I go to the stand the um the uh the club the famous club that's in our in our town but I don't really spend a lot of time um because it was not a real positive experience mm-hmm. for me um and so I don't have a large number of, and most of my friends actually uh, left as well mm-hmm. um, and went on uh, to different areas and stuff. So it was just a matter of, I don't want to be you, and I don't necessarily consider what you're doing to be any better than anything else. So what you're saying to me has no value to me. Mm-hmm. And you can have your own opinions all you want, 
you know, you know what they say about opinions mm-hmm. <laughs> and everybody has one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't have to, you know, I, it's about choices. I, I chose not to listen to them. I chose not to buy into that foolishness mm-hmm. um, because I had goals. I had things that I was wanted to do and I didn't want to, you know, look at it as a, a negative. It actually, you know, having my son was actually one of the best things. Wow. You know, it, it it wasn't, and it wasn't that I planned to do, you know, to follow through with it. Um, actually, my grandmother was very forceful uh, in that. So I'm like, all right, here we go. But it turned out to be one of the best things right. that I ever, that I ever did in my life. So, so I'm hearing you talk through the, the mental confidence to negate everything mm-hmm. that was being spoken over you mm-hmm. and, and coming back to who you were mm-hmm. and saying, this is who I am, this is mm-hmm. where I'm going, and this will not stop me. Yeah. Um, but I know that it's not just as easy as just putting your head down and, and going into the wind. You, you had help. Yeah, and that's the, 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 even though I had those people saying what they were saying, um, the other thing that people need to realize is how important it is to pour into someone and, and to give that positivity and that encouragement, um, and that support in whatever manner in which it comes. Um, but pouring into somebody else, um, it, it is huge because number one, you're giving them what they need, but then down the line, they then in turn can give to others because they have something that they can give to others in a positive manner. So yeah, I had I had support um, from from my parents, um, from my siblings, um, some aunts and uncles, and then some of my um, some of my close friends there parents and stuff so it it was helpful but I still had to do a lot on my own because even even in the home um it wasn't an ideal situation um and some of that is not my story to tell but um most there's a story with every with most households and stuff and mine was no no different uh in that you know adults have their own issues uh that play out in the children's lives uh at times and so there was that to deal with as well um and there was one particular uh point when this was all happening where um the support wasn't completely there you know I had you know somewhere to live, you know, so I had a roof over my head. I got, you know, food stamps and stuff. Yeah, there was still stuff in the house. Uh, but I was determined, you know, I'm going to, you know, do all that I can do uh, from a responsibility standpoint. But, you know, there was a point where it was like, well, you know, you're taken care of, but the baby is not. That's that strings attached kind of piece. Oh, okay. So that's when I went out and went and got my own insurance and I went and got my own uh, health care for me and the baby. And uh, again, went and got food stamps, found, you know, got the the 
monthly stipend, you know, welfare check. Got all, got all that. Okay, fine. You know, so again, there's always, I think, there's a solution. There's always a solution um, if you look hard enough for it uh, and you open yourself up to it. Because, you know, I'm, I'm growing up in a middle-class family, um, you know, so the thought of, you know, being on welfare and everything, uh, for some people, that would have been like, oh, no, I would never do that. Whatever, it's there, mm-hmm. and it's there to be used. Right. Um, I just needed to know about it right. and look into it, and there was no reason not to, mm-hmm. and that's what the system is there for. So absolutely. So I'd be the first one to stand up and say, yep, what you see now is not what was there then. Um, and so y- you can't be so full of pride um, that you, you know, mess yourself up or your children just because you don't want to be seen in a certain way. I didn't care who saw me going into the state building. You know, you want to come with me? I, it didn't matter because it was something that I needed to do. And uh, it was also it was also a way of asserting some independence mm-hmm. too. Um, I think the, one of the one of the best feelings was um, filing my taxes, <laughs> filing my taxes before my parents did, so I could claim myself <laughs> as independent <laughs> from that point forward. Does uh, that fall in the line with like the little bit of pettiness that you said yes. you sometimes experience? Yes, <laughs> yeah, petty Betty comes out every so often. Um, know I don't let her out that frequently but yeah she comes out every so often and that was one of those moments and you know again you never tell anybody your plans you don't tell anybody mm-hmm. your plans. you gotta move in silence yep yep and then it'll man it'll show itself when it needs to be shown and Absolutely. stuff but yep man got that first earned income credit check on my income taxes yeah, and never look back that's great mm-hmm. I like how you um I like how you talked about pride you know because mm-hmm. uh, I think a lot of us we find even in hard situations, we have a hard time asking for help mm-hmm. or, or um, opening up to receiving help, right? Yes. Even if we don't, we're not asking for it, yes. when help comes our way, we have a hard time just saying like, thank you. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. pride blocks blessings. Absolutely. It really does. Absolutely. And, and it's something that I have learned um, just as a single parent realizing, you know, mm-hmm. that it takes a tribe, yep. you know, and, and that's not even just like, I, I know the traditional saying is it takes a tribe to raise a, a child, but mm-hmm. I mean, it takes a tribe to get through life, Yes, you know? And so being able to do that, I think that's ex- ex- well, uh, amazing. We're not meant to function by ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're social creatures. We are social creatures. And, you know, whether people, people want to separate um, humans from the rest of the animal kingdom. Um, you know, we're so much better so much more involved and while we are just look at how animals function when it comes to um the you know the pride or the pack or you know that's how we move and we support each other and you know if you watch them that's that's survival Mm -hmm. you can't survive by yourself you can try it but you'll be miserable Mm -hmm. and you won't actually live up to uh your full potential and you won't receive all those blessings and stuff Um, but in the tribe, you're also unselfish about things. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to give to get, um, and, and be okay with that and not expect stuff in return. 
Because if you're if you're doing that, then it's it's not for the right motives mm-hmm. and everything. But but you do have to you have to be willing to accept that help, um, and and be okay with that. And me personally, I'm like, all right, sure, <laughs> yeah. And you just don't take advantage of it. That's you know that's right. the thing. And then again, you know, pay it forward. Right. The same way I think that that's the biggest. Yeah. Sometimes we forget to do that too. Yeah. The same way that somebody reached back. To pull you up, now it's your turn. When you have the opportunity, it's your turn. Exactly. And that can be done just with opening a door and saying good morning. Just a smile. Mm-hmm. Just a smile and a hello sometimes is all it takes. So thank you. That is, that's really awesome. I, I think that there's so much richness in just those last few comments even. Um, I, being an educated person, person myself, I realize that um, being thought of as being fairly smart in high school didn't always translate over to college, and yet <laughs> you you went on to medical school, and I, I can imagine that there was a great amount of tension and, um, you know, just, just sheer work that it would have taken for you to get through medical school, and, and yet you have a child. Mm-hmm. And uh, so did you find the, the same kind of experience that I did, that, that what you got, mm-hmm. th- got you through high school doesn't yeah. get you through college, and what gets you through college doesn't necessarily get you through your graduate programs? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I've, I finally accepted in medical school that I suck with my study skills my, my study skills even to this day are absolutely horrible and they're horrible because yes my first 12 years and then the next four I was able to rely upon genetics and not necessarily those skills and those genetics didn't really help me as much in medical school. And the Gen X being, I used to, I still do to some degree, I used to have a, uh, a photographic memory. <clears throat> I mean, I still do to some degree. But it was to the point where I could read something one time and I could go on doing something else. And then I'd come back and I could tell you without looking in the book or whatever what page it was on, uh, where it was on the page, and exactly what it said. And so that came in very handy. Um, I mean, I still, I, I learn things. I Yes, I knew how to do stuff. Um, but sometimes, as I learned in medical school, then the application, taking it to the next level, that's that was a struggle. That was hard because, again, I, I, I never really studied. So I didn't develop those study skills. And, and, you know, that's one of the things that I admire about my sister. Um, she's five years older than me and independent of each other. We, we never talked about it, never knew, even though we spent almost every waking moment together from the time I was born. Well, she's a doctor, too. Hmm. She's, and she's a few years ahead of me in medical school and stuff. Uh, but she is a phenomenal student as far as study skills, um, because she didn't have the same um, talent, if you want to call it, that I had. So she had to study, and she had to learn in, in that manner. Uh, but it made, I feel, it, it 
made her and makes her a better doctor than even I am. And I'm saying I'm I'm, I'm not saying I'm a crappy doctor because I don't think I am. Uh, my patients uh, in the past have never said that. Mm-hmm. Um, quite the opposite, actually. But anyway, but she she is amazing. And so and I think I attribute a lot of that to she had great study skills. Mm-hmm. And so it comes faster to her some of the application pieces of it. Um, and so, yeah, it was a struggle in medical school. Um, and then on top of that, having um, my son, I think at that point he was six or seven years old. And then I had my daughter while I was in medical school. So two little kids in medical school uh, while um, having to do a lot of extra extra time studying. Um, and then you know, missing out on stuff um, at that time. I'll say this. I never planned to have a child at the age of 17. But I have more freedom now because my children are out of the house. Mm, (laughs) They're grown. They are grown and out of the house. So all the things that were sacrificed and not able to have, because I never had a summer vacation, really. Mm. I never had a spring break. I, you know, didn't go out and do a whole bunch of the things because, you know, didn't have a babysitter or it just wasn't appropriate sometimes with the two little kids and stuff. And then uh, just having to make those sacrifices in time to balance everything. Uh, but now at the wonderful, lovely age of I'll be 49 this year, um, my kids have been out of the house for three, three, four years now. Uh, so there's some freedom there. Um, and then there's a freedom as an adult, you know, not as a young adult, you know, just, you know, we're invincible at that and we're doing a whole bunch of crazy right. stuff. No, but doing adult stuff right. and being free to be adult. You know. So I'm like, hey, it worked out. You know, it, I think, I think we, uh, we learn to appreciate it a little bit more yes. too as we get older, yes. especially when we've gone through so much time. Just, oh my gosh. You know, we're all parents here, like mm-hmm. not having that time for ourselves. So now we got copious amounts of time. Yep. Absolutely. And then I'm it. looking at my <laughs> friends and, and, you know, even some of my family members who, you know, waited, you know, did the, 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 I guess the usual of, you know, waiting. Yeah, traditional. <laughs> yeah, because I'm a non-traditional. Yeah. Doing traditional and waiting until, you know, they're in their 30s or 40s having kids and stuff. And now we're like, well, I want to go such says girl. I got to get a babysitter. I can't, <laughs> I can't do it. And I'm like, mm, oh, well, I'll let you know uh-huh. when I get back. <laughs> well, I think this is, it's, I think to, to, to hear your story, what our listeners may not also understand is that you – would say that you are an introvert. Yes. And I think that adds another layer Mm -hmm. to the success that you have had, the things that you've had to overcome because Mm -hmm. the Air Force Mm -hmm. uh, is is not always geared to the introverts. No, not at all. Yeah, that that's an extra stressor actually. Um, And most people who, okay, so people who know me on this base and or from previous assignments when they hear this and they say and I say I'm an introvert they were like girl please whatever uh, but I actually am I, I am I am a social introvert I there there's there's a term I cannot remember I don't have to look it up but it is basically um you know introverts where we still you know we're still social by nature however it just takes so much 
energy to be on and to have those extroverted tendencies. Um, it's a lot of uh, mental and psychological energy to do that. And so all we really want to do is get away from that and recharge and, you know, revert to self. You know, we self-soothe. We're, you know, independent, um, entertain ourselves very well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, it, and being in the military, especially being in leadership, comes at a price. Mm-hmm. And for many people, I think that price is, you know, time away from family, um, you know, long hours, whatever. But for introverts, it comes at a personal price, at a, at a, as a, a again, a, a mental and social uh, price, because you feel like you have given so much of yourself every day um, that you almost want to run to refuge, you know, to the home and stuff. And so, so yeah, every day, um, it can be, it can be a test. And then that's, that's even without there being issues and stuff. So you still got to deal with the issues and you still got to, you know, as a commander, you run through so many different emotions in a 24 hour cycle. Mm. And so as an introvert, I crave alone time Mm -hmm. so that I can kind of recharge and get myself together for the next day. And, um, you know, my, my home is my sanctuary Mm -hmm. and I don't let a lot of people in it and I don't leave it a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, now I do travel, you know, I I do stuff. Um, but on a day to day basis, I am completely content to be in my house, uh, sitting on my couch, um, you know, not talking to anybody. I might be having conversations in my head, but I can go where I go home on Friday and don't leave until Monday morning, and I've not had not said a single word that entire time, and it's so refreshing. <laughs> yeah, I think the uh, I feel I feel like the term is ambivert. Yes, is that what it is? Yes. So I highly identify with yes. that. I become exhausted mm-hmm. after just like continuous engagement mm-hmm. and interaction, and mm-hmm. especially in your position, I'm sure you you interact with so many personalities. Mm-hmm. And then you hear so many personal stories and you carry a lot with you, yeah. right? Yeah. So I I can yeah. completely understand needing that alone time to recharge mm-hmm. and be your best for that person, right. whoever needs you tomorrow. Because you got to pay attention and you have to be engaged and stuff. And so you do have to have that mental fortitude uh, to be able to, to get engaged, to relate, uh, to find the commonalities, um, to have the conversations. And again, people be like, girl, you are not an introvert. Cause I've seen how you, yes, but again, it comes at a price. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy the time that I spend with, you know, my, with my staff, with my personnel and everything and stuff, but whoo, I'll be tired at the end of the day. <laughs> yes. But ambivert, that is, that is the term. Mm-hmm. Is that a medical term? I have no That's, idea. I've never. I feel smart. I've not, <laughs> no, I've, I've not researched it. Um, I ran across it in a couple Same. of articles, um, and I'm like, yes, that is me. That is that is me. That's how I found it too. Was mm-hmm. an article. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. Um, so, you know, we hear your story mm-hmm. and the the perseverance that you that you maintain through the entire um, your entire time going through medical school, mm-hmm. parenting. Um, 
what do you do now for to maintain your posture of resilience? You know, now that you are where you are. I have my me time. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do that. Um, I have a, a core set of uh, friends and family that I continually stay in touch with. Uh, I am notorious for out of sight, out of mind. Um, it's just... I think that's human nature, really. It's, yeah. it's more difficult. So if I don't see somebody on a regular basis, um, I don't necessarily, I'm not always on the phone or, you know, uh, communicating with, now. I, that's one of the great things. People don't like Facebook and social media, but if you use it for good and not evil, it really works well. And it has, for me, uh, helped me greatly to maintain uh, connections. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with people um, that I hadn't talked to since high school, you know, um, since an undergrad and stuff, but I'm able to, you know, see what's going on and we can, you know, just hit each other up. Like last night, one of my, uh, we actually grew up in the same town, but we didn't really hang out together in high school. We, it wasn't until college when we got to college together, she just sent me a message last night. Hey, hadn't heard from you in a while. How you doing? Um, and, it's because we stay in contact. We can see what, you know, you know, you see people see what you want them to see on Facebook and stuff, but you can still, you know, see some of the things that are happening. I mean, I've reconnected with even some of my um, cousins that we weren't really tight when we were growing up, but we communicate on a regular now, just, you know, through uh, social media, some text messages here and there and stuff. So there's one thing, you know, maintaining that human connection and interaction. Um, I listen to music. (laughs) Music is, I mean, I think it's the essence to the soul. Um, And I can, I can use music as like my life soundtrack. Um, Most significant events in my life, there's a song that's tied to it in some shape, form or fashion and stuff. So, so music, um, I start my day off with it and I end You know, so there's always music going on, uh, whether actually out loud or just in my head. (laughs) I heard you singing earlier. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So music, um, singing, um, eating. I'm a foodie. Mm. I am a foodie. Um, Not as much as I used to simply because, you know, life happens and you start gaining weight and stuff. So (laughs) I have to control uh, my my inner foodie uh, to some degree. Um, And then reading. I don't read as much as I used to, but I'm trying to get back um, into some type of habit of reading um, more than just stuff for work. And that's kind of what I got, you know, kind of in a grind in just reading um, you know, guidance and AFIs and, mm-hmm. you know, this, cause by the time you get finished reading all that, uh, it's time to go to bed. You know, I don't have time. So reading used to be one of my huge, huge escapes. Um, you know, getting into a good book, uh, one that you can't put it down. You know, I'll stay up all night long, do these all nighters and then be, you know, hold my head up with a kickstand the next day <laughs> at work. Then you are um, not recharged for the next no, day. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. But you know that. So those are things, and I um, I don't know. It's just I think the biggest thing is the the quality time with myself. Sounds That's like me. a lot of mindfulness, like even spirituality, mm-hmm. with the way that you keep your resilience. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that is such an incredible journey you have had, and I'm so thankful that you're you're sharing your story today. And um, you have your hands in so many different <laughs> works, and and some of them are personal. Yeah, and, and yeah. some of them are just out of uh, just out of love and out of joy. And it's just been a privilege to work with you and. You've got something coming up here in, in just yes. about a week or so. Uh, yeah. You want to give a shout out about that? I do. So I'm in the process, still trying to finalize the last pieces of it. Um, but, you know, um, everything kind of exploded in the past six weeks or so uh, when it comes to society, um, when it comes to um, racial equality, social injustices, um, police brutality um, as it pertains to black Americans. And it, it, it wasn't that things weren't there before, but thankfully I think we've gotten to a point where more people, more non-blacks are willing to listen to what's going on and, and the situation. And it's like eyes are opening Ears are opening, hearts mm-hmm. and minds are are opening and being more in receive mode, um, and so because of all of that that's been happening uh, here on this base, the same has been happening. Um, the conversations have been happening, um, the discussions, the uh, willingness to understand and accept some things, um, and. In light of that, again, we had our Juneteenth celebration a couple of weeks ago, first time ever on this space, uh, but it was the result of conversations and understanding of the the importance of that date and what it really means and what, what the significance is. And the leadership on this base has been phenomenal. And, you know, once that understanding was there, it was like, well, absolutely I don't know why it wasn't happening before, but we're going to do it and we're going to, we're going to continue doing it. Um, and that, that event was phenomenal, um, much more than what we expected. Um, and you know, a sign of things to come. And one of the things that came out of that, uh, those continued uh, conversations is the fact that I wanted to seeing, seeing the positivity and the response from the different conversations that have been had and people wanting, you know, more and well, what, what more can we do? Should we do what's next? So one of the key things is education. That's been uh, one of the biggest hindrances of um, kind of rectifying the situation is the, the lack of education, whether it's willful or, um, or, unintended but there's there's a lack of understanding education so I am uh, coordinating a educational forum um, basically black in America uh, exploring uh, social injustice and racial disparities um, you know what it's like to be black in America and so I am finalizing the panel I won't say who's going to be on the panel uh, but I am working with some um, some um, some nationally renowned um, speakers and educators 
um, in the area and along with you, Chaplain Petrie and uh, Colonel Schreiner and Chief McCool, um, uh, Senior Master Sergeant um, Roberson, one of uh, my superintendents here at the Met Group, um, Major Abel um, from the Comptroller Squadron. And we're trying to get a few more people uh, to just be on the panel itself, um, along with the two or three SMEs that I'm um, bringing in. And it's going to be a Zoom, um, in, a, in a Zoom format, and then um, shown live on Facebook so we can get um, questions from the audience. And then again, it's just, some, it's just a way to educate um, people on the base of the experience and what we can all do uh, to again bring things more on a level playing field for all uh, people in the United States. Um, what we don't want people to go away thinking that Black Americans are looking for a handout. That's never been the case. You know, again, I use the system. And it wasn't that I was looking for a handout. I just needed a hand up to to help me to get to where I needed to be. And that's the thing. We just need a hand up to, to get to the table. Mm-hmm. Once we get to the table, we can handle it for ourselves. You know, in medical school, somebody told me, one of my classmates was like, well, you're only here because of affirmative action and you took somebody else's place. Mm-hmm. no. Affirmative action may have gotten my um, my portfolio to the table for consideration, but I still had to do the interview. I still had to take the test, and then to graduate from medical school, I still had to take the test and do and do the work and stuff. So uh, this is just we want people to understand it's not um, it's not to try to make it so anybody's better than anyone else. It's just to get again to the same equal playing field the same equal opportunities so then once you're there now let's see what we can do because this country is the 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 best nation on the planet Mm -hmm. there are some things we need to work on there's some significant things we need to work on but it's the best country on the planet now just think about how much more it could be if we all had the same opportunities and so that's what we're striving towards, um, you know, safety, security, and equality. And so that's going to be the focus of the forum on the 20th of uh, July at 1 p.m. Central Time. And again, still firming up uh, the logistics of it, uh, but that's the plan. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that. Yes. So exciting. Sergeant. Des Luce, you've been here and 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 coordinating this conversation. Is there anything um, that our listeners need to hear before we we say goodbye, or is there anything that we need to hear from Bill Actually, Henderson? I just want everybody to know because I know you are PCSing soon, man, I am. and you have benchmarked the medical group here. Um, you have yes. shown that. This, we have an yes. outstanding medical group. Not only do we have an amazing um, clinic, but, I mean, you really take care of the airmen, you know, and you talking about coordinating this, right, on mm-hmm. the 20th of July. Mm-hmm. Um, that's amazing. You taking your – what a lot of people don't know, though, is is you do something along those lines where you want to help people mm-hmm. in general across the board. Mm-hmm. Every Friday, 
you guys, yeah. d- you have <laughs> brought out. I wanted, I had to bring that to the table because yeah. it's honestly one of my favorite things that because I've just never heard it or seen it. And there's, you know, I know commanders are busy. I know leadership is busy all the time, always, but um, everywhere. But you have made it a point that every Friday you guys are doing something that gets yes. you out talking to the airmen no matter yes. what. And um, it it just shows who you are as a person, who you are as a leader. Um, you have changed the leadership mm-hmm. under you, whether it's like through PCSs or just mentality. But you have shown that if you make people a priority, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they're going to, they're going to stand up and they're going to work for you. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, that shows with the clinic. So we are blessed <laughs> by any, by all means, I, I feel blessed one mm-hmm. to be here in the conversation, but just to have seen and heard, um, everything that you have done in your leadership leadership team has done, mm-hmm. um, since you've been here prior to you leaving, I wanted to make sure that you and everybody else heard that. I thank you. Yeah. The, the team here is awesome Mm -hmm. it is phenomenal that is one of the things i'm truly truly going to miss here um including chaplain peachy is part of the team Mm -hmm. chaplain peachy is our he is our chaplain and um so the thing on friday um it's for me as much as it is for my airmen um because as i mentioned as an introvert it's very easy for me to get you know caught up and you know doing stuff uh, in my office or often a meeting here meeting there um, always on the go doing stuff so it's it's an opportunity and it's so I know at least once a week I'm going to make it around to see everybody in the medical group um, because I just don't have the schedule space. Uh, to do things as much as I'd like to during the week. So, yep, whether it is Freeze Pop Friday, mm-hmm. which that's the summer thing, that is the, the summer jam, that's, that's the summer amazing. jam. Freeze Pop Friday, and then when it gets colder, it's Frothy Friday with hot chocolate. Um, and then uh, in the interim, um, when, you know, when it's it's not cold too much more, but it's not blazing hot yet, then we have, um, it's still Frothy Friday, but with fruit punch and snacks and stuff so um it's, it's a lot of fun and it's and it's become truly part of the culture um that's how we if, change culture if, if if we're late we know about it if we're running late <laughs> i know sergeant roberson told this me that he was like hey they are looking at the clock like where you been are right. we getting this or not? Uh, we, we were about to call up there and see if you were coming yes but yeah but that just shows i mean that speaks for itself you know and um i, I hope more leaders out there adopt even mm-hmm. something similar to that where mm-hmm. I- even if it's once a month you know it's yeah just, that's how you show people you care so yeah. i just i wanted to commend you on that and yeah. um say that we definitely appreciate you i know your song um yes. is i love that song now the Ooh, song yeah. that we introed with um mm-hmm. if you want to give a quick little reasoning as to why you chose it so um it's working by bishop william murphy um that song when I first heard it uh, a couple of years ago when it first came out, as soon as I heard it, it just kind of stopped me in my tracks and stuff. I had to, you know, listen uh, to the words. And I was like, wow. Um, there have been some others. Um, <laughs> um, Terrain Hawkins, I'm still holding on. When back in high school, when all this was happening, that was a song that I went to all the time. But, but it's working, you know, as my life has evolved and the things that, you know, been through things that I've done, uh, all the work, um, the, the personal sacrifices, um, and the things it's working is about that where 
you know, you planted the seed and now you're starting to see the outcome of it. And after all this work and, and all the things, it's my season. Mm-hmm. It's my time to reap, mm-hmm. you know, all that, that I, I, that's been sown. So whether it was sown in me or sown by me uh, and by the grace of God, um, it's, you know, my season of favor. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, grace, mercy, and favor. You know, so um, it just kind of helps me. It's been worth it. Everything good, bad, or indifferent that's happened in my life has happened for a reason. Um, I I think I'm finally understanding some of the the purpose. You know, what's your purpose in life? I I think I'm getting to the point where I, I think I have an understanding of what I should be doing, you know, because you're thinking about, you know, post-military career and stuff. I think I have an idea. So, again, after all of this time, um, all the seeds, all the watering, all the work, all the sunshine that's been put on it, um, the rain that has come down, the storms that you've had, that I've had to weather, it's been worth it. And now I get to see the fruits of my labor. And it's not over. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's more to come. Oh, yes. So. That's beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to say thank you very much for being here. Yes, ma'am. Um, I, I couldn't appreciate it more. I think uh, I think we all are going to miss mm-hmm. you. The base is going to miss you. You've been a wonderful presence here. Thank you. Thank you. So can I ask? Yes, ma'am. Um, if we can let the song play for a little bit. Oh, yeah. You want to play? Are we going to have a jam session? We can. Okay. We can, hey, she know. can sing, everybody. <laughs> That's right. And it's not even like growing up in the church choir song. She can sing. I love it. Yeah, I love this song. This is my season. Mm. That's it. Y'all listen at this. Mm-hmm. See, I haven't been perfect, but I've sure been faithful. See, God's got a